you know, a stronghold is, is a fortified place. That, that's what a stronghold is. And, you know, strongholds in our lives or, or those areas of fortification can be one of two things. They can be a fortification of faith, and that's where we are all striving to be. Or they can be a stronghold that's keeping us from experiencing the, the fullness of God and everything that God wants us to have. A stronghold that doesn't line up with the Word of God. You know, and, and unless we attack this stronghold in our body or in our, in our uh, life, then we cannot take dominion over it. We have to attack, we have to take the Word of God and attack that stronghold in our, in our bodies. And if we don't, it'll continue to dominate. Dominion means to overcome. Dominion means to overcome or, or exercise lordship over. You know, in Revelations chapter 12, verse 11, it says, They triumphed over him, over Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. It takes both. We overcome our, our strongholds by the blood of the Lamb and the words that come out our mouth. In, in Mark chapter 16, and, and this is something that you didn't have, I didn't give you, but, but uh, let, let's, let's look at this for, ju- for just a second. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples here. He said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. And if they take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Verse 20 says this, and they went forth, preached or proclaimed the good news of the gospel everywhere, and the Lord worked with and confirmed the words with signs following. God will confirm his word that comes out your mouth. That's the reason it's so important that we come against these fortifications, these strongholds, in our lives by speaking the word of God. You know, I can, you know, I can remember several years ago, I remember this particular stronghold that, that I had, and, and I've shared this before, but, but to me it was, it was so, so powerful. You know, I, I, I had a problem with my mouth. You know, I, I had a problem with my mouth. You know, I, I, you know, you, you've heard the phrase, you know, he cusses like a sailor. I could put the sailors to shame. 
you know, I, I, I could do better than that, you know, because I practiced it all the time. That's, that's just, just what I did. And, and, and there, there came a time in my life where, you know, I knew that wasn't right. I needed to change. You know, I wasn't trying to impress this crowd anymore. And, and, and I just, I needed to change. And, and, you know, I tried to do it on my own, and I could not do it. It, it worked for a little while, and, and then that stronghold would pop back up, and, you know, a situation would come up, and, and, and you know, I failed. You know, I'd, I'd say stuff that I shouldn't be saying. And, you know, I know nobody else here has ever had that problem. But the only way that I could get past that is when I got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit involved. And he took care of it all. Glory to God. So in, in uh, let's look in 2 Corinthians here. Chapter 10, verses 3 and 5. It says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. You know, we're in this world, we're in a, a natural, fleshly world, but, but our warfare cannot be in the flesh, okay? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So how are we going to pull down those strongholds, those areas of fortification in our life? It's through God. It's through God, and those weapons are mighty. They're, they're, not, they're not wimpy weapons. You know, they're, they're, they are weapons that, that are effective in whatever area of fortification that they are being, that they're trying to pull down. In verse 5, it says, casting down imaginations and everything, high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know, our thoughts can be strongholds. And I got news for you. In yourself, in your natural abilities, you are no threat to the devil. You are no threat to the devil in your own natural abilities. We have to get God involved in in our fight to pull down these strongholds. But as our knowledge in God increases the realization that we have strongholds in our lives also increases. You know, the closer we get to God, the more things that the Word of God will show us that, hey, Jim, this, this, this is some wrong thinking that you've got going on here. You know, we, we need to deal with this. We need to deal with this. And, and you know, that reminds me of, of Gideon back in Judges. You want to turn to, to Judges, 
chapter chapter six, and and we're going to start with verse twelve. Is my microphone too high? I don't know whether I can get it down without looking at it or not. There, there we go. But, but the situation here that, that Gideon is facing and the children of Israel are facing is that, that they have turned away from God. They have turned away from God. And, and they're living in, in caves and in the mountains, and it says, and in strongholds. So they were living in the side of cliffs in the mountains, and they had a fortified house that they were living in, but it was in, but it was in caves. It was in the rocks. It was, it was like a, a continual state of camping out day after day, year after year, and this had been going on for years. And, and when they would go out and plant their seeds and try to raise the crop for the next year, the Midianites would show up and, and destroy their crops. And, you know, the next day that the Midianites showed up, they, would, they killed all their cattle and all their sheep and all their goats. And, and in verse 6, it says they were greatly impoverished. They were greatly impoverished. But then we look at verse, verse 12, and, and, and God has sent a, a prophet here to, to speak to Gideon. And it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon turned around and, to look and see who was standing by him, but there was no one because he was at the, at, at the wine press threshing out grain, hiding from the Midianites. He was there all by himself. But yet, he, he said, God, who are you talking to? And in verse 13, it says, And Gideon said unto him, unto to this angel here, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? He said, you know, Have you seen where we're living? You know, And you're calling me a mighty man of valor? We're greatly impoverished. Why then is all this befalling us? And, and where be all his miracles which the Father told, of, told us of saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. He says, Where is the God that delivered, that delivered us out of Egypt? Where is that God? Verse 14, it says, And the Lord looked on him and said, Go in this, thy, go in thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? You know, how am I going to do this? He said, Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with you, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Or he said, you can defeat the army of the Midianites all by yourself. Gideon had a stronghold in his mind because he saw himself as defeated. 
He had a stronghold. He, he had, he, they, they were the chosen people of God. He, he was an Israelite. You know, but because they had, had left the word of God, you know, they'd, they'd built a fortified area in, in the mountains, in the rocks. And, and even that fortification, even though it was a fortified area for their protection, was working against them because they had not been called to live in the rocks. They had been called to live in the mansions of God. And when God showed up with giving him a word, he, you know, and told him that he, he is an overcomer, that he's a mighty man of valor, he didn't believe it. He didn't believe it. How many of us here this morning don't believe what God has been speaking to us? Because the situations around us don't look like what God is talking about. That's a stronghold. That, that is a stronghold. If we had time, we'd read a couple chapters here in Judges because it's very revealing. You know, that wasn't the last time that, that God talked to Gideon. You know, Gideon was a, was a working process, you know. And, and little by little, you know, bite by bite here, we're taking a bite of, of this faith burger. Bite by bite. Gideon became, began to see himself as a man of valor. In verse 8, and, and we're going to skip everything to, to get to the end here. It says in, in, in verse 28, Thus was Midian subdued before the children of Israel, and they no longer lifted up their heads. And the country was in quietness for 40 years in the day of Gideon. The Midianites were conquered. That stronghold had been conquered. And they weren't living in fortified caves in the mountains. They had moved back into their homes. And in verse 32, it says this, And Gideon, the son of Joash died in a good old age and was buried in the sepulcher of Joash's father in Ophrah. Hallelujah. Gideon took the word of God and changed his, his situation. He pulled down that, that fortified area in his life that said that he wasn't good enough that there wasn't anything that he could do, that they were serving a God that used to be but was not now. God never changes. God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You don't have to turn there, and I don't think I give you this verse of Scripture, but in Proverbs 23, 7... It says this, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 
34. And, and Jesus was talking to, to the preachers of the day, Pharisees and the Sadducees here. He says, O generation of vipers, verse 34, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and the evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bring forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak they shall give account of in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou art justified, and by thy words thou art condemned. Our words can can build up strongholds in our life or they can tear them down. Our words can build up those strongholds that we're wanting to get rid of or they can tear them down. You know, I was, as I was preparing for this, you know, I thought, you know, I, I don't know whether there's a setting on my iPhone or not. I know that you can you can record your voice, but I would just like to to stick a an iPhone in my in my pocket, and when I get up in the morning, just everything that I say, it records. You know, and when I'm not speaking, it shuts off, and you know, so we don't have you know 16 hours of you know all that kind of stuff. And then when I get home in the evening, you know, sit down after dinner and uh, just hit replay and just listen to what I've said that day. You know, I think we all need to be that aware of the words that we speak. And as I was sitting there in my recliner, you know, you know, reclined back and, you know, drinking a glass of tea, you know, just hit replay and, and, and listen to what I'm saying. Praise God, that, that was a good word. You know, I'm glad I said that. You know, I'm glad I said that. And then, you know, 10 minutes later or five minutes later, you know, gosh, I cannot believe I said that. You know, I cannot believe that I said that. You know, and and look at what you're saying and and judge you know according to what the word says am I building things up or am I tearing things down you know we need to be we need to be self-conscious of what's coming out our mouth because our words can be building up those strongholds or they can be tearing them down You know, and as we increase our intake of the Word of God, our faith is also increasing. You know, Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. You know, I think a better translation of that or, you know, the way I understand it better is that 
that when you hear the word of God and receive the word of God and become a doer of the word of God, faith comes. Because in, in Hebrews chapter, no, not Hebrews, in James it says, faith without works is dead, or faith without the corresponding action is dead. Every, every word of God is a faith container. It contains the faith if, if activated to bring whatever that word is talking about to pass in your life. Amen? You know, I heard the word of salvation several times, but, but until I activated it, till I did what the word says I need to do, I never received salvation. It didn't work for me because I was only a hearer and I wasn't a doer. That same principle works across the spectrum. Works, works in everything. You know, Hebrews said it's, it's impossible to please God without faith. And he's not looking for, for a faith corpse over here, but he's looking for a living faith. Amen? Amen. In, in 1 John... Chapter 5, verse 4. And it says this, And whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. It's our faith. Our dominion in this world comes through, through our faith in what the Word of God says. Our faith is the victory. So many times... We've had faith failures because uh, we didn't we didn't rightly divide the word, and uh, and and honestly, sometimes I think that you can bite off more than you can chew. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> you know, I can't get my mouth around that thing this morning. It would be like, you know, go, me going up to the. Martin County Health Club and saying, okay, I'm, I'm here to work out and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to do some bench presses. And, and let's, let's start out, you know, I think I can do 500 pounds today. I think I can do five, and, you know, and I haven't worked out for years, okay? Well, I'm guaranteeing you better have a couple spotters there by you, because just as soon as you take that off of the, the stand, you're going to be in trouble, or I would be. But we need, to, we need to take, you know, sometimes we need to take baby steps in our faith. You know, I, I can remember, you know, that there was a time that, you know, that we, we believed God for gas money to get back and forth to church. Or we, we you know, we believed that you know, the car was sitting on empty and, you know, it was about 30 miles over there and 30 miles back. And, and, and we just believed that, that uh, 
God would multiply the gas that was in the tank so we could get home. And he did. You know, I can, I can remember believing God for $10. You know, I didn't have the faith to believe God for $10,000, but I had the faith to believe God for $10. You know, I, I was taking small bites. I was taking small bites of my faith, faith burger here, my Whopper, you know. And, and you know, we, we can do that in, in every area of our life. You know, but, but as, as, we, as we do that, as we start exercising our faith, you know, I can't start out bench pressing 500 pounds. I, you know, I, I don't know whether I could do 100 pounds or not, you know. But as I start exercising my body, I can increase what I can do. The same thing is, the same principle works in our spiritual walk. Sometimes we have to start out with the small things to be able to, to move mountains. You know, sometimes we need to be able to move a molehill before we can move a mountain. Amen. Glory to God. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. And if the praise team wants to to make their way this, this way. I want to look at Hebrews 11.1 1, and I only want to look at, at three words in, in, this, in this verse of scripture and it's now faith is. Three of the most important words in that scripture. Now faith, faith is. Faith is now. Faith is for, for the present. You don't need faith for yesterday. Yesterday's come and gone. You know, I, you know I, the way I can kind of simulate this is, is when I was a service manager and in the service department, the thing that you have to sell is your time. You know, you, you sell time in the service department. You know, and, and that's your inventory. And you've got, say you've got 10 guys working for you and they're working eight hours a day. You've got 80 hours that day to, to sell. And, and you, you better have, you know, enough work in the shop for, you know, to account for those, those 80 hours. But if something comes up, something doesn't go right, you know, and, and you don't get 80 hours sold, you can't say, well, you know, I'll save that time for tomorrow. That, that doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't work. It, you know, that time is gone forever. So faith is now. You don't need faith for yesterday. You need faith. Now, faith is not in the future. Faith is not for tomorrow. 
When tomorrow becomes today and you move faith to tomorrow, tomorrow never comes. It never shows up. You know, and, and this is a mindset and, and, and a way of thinking that, that we need to, to get ourselves trained in because it doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come naturally. I, I shared with, in the Bible study Wednesday night, and, and, and I can't go through all of it this morning, but there was, there was a spiritual thing that, that I was dealing with, you know, 30-some years, 40 years ago, that, that I couldn't understand in my head and because I couldn't understand it with my head, I had a hard time receiving it with my heart. You know, there, there's, there's a lot of this stuff in the Word of God that does not make sense to your head, but that doesn't mean that it's not true. That does not mean that it's not true. It's more true than, than anything in the natural. So... And then the next part of this is faith is. It's not a, I think so or I hope so, but faith is. Faith is now and faith is. I've got one more scripture here real quick and then we'll close. It's back in Romans chapter chapter 10 again. We always look at Romans 10, 17... And, and that's a good verse of scripture. But, but you know, I, I think that, that Paul here is, he's, he's kind of down just a little bit because of, of the situation and the mindset of, of the people of God, of the church here. In verse 16, it says, But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? He's saying, you know, they, they've heard my word, but for some reason or another, not, they're not believing it. And then he said, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and, and, and being a doer and receiving that word. Verse 18, it says, But I say, have, have they not heard? Yes. Verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words to the ends of the earth. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses said, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people and by a foolish nation I will, ang- I will anger you. And Isaiah's But Isaiah said, very bold, I was found of them, and they sought me not. I was manifest, 
to them that, that ask not for me. In other words, he, what he's saying here is that, that my people, my chosen people have heard the word and they, they've rejected it. But he said those that, that I haven't been sent to, many of them have received it. And this last verse here is, is the clincher on this. But to Israel he said, now who was Israel? That was God's chosen people. Who is the church? God's chosen people. Who are you? God's chosen people. All day long have I stretched forth my hands to a disobedient and gainsaying people. This morning we have an opportunity to not be who this is right here. This morning God is stretching forth his hands with his word and he's saying, receive my word. Receive my word. Take dominion over those strongholds that, that are plaguing you, those fortified areas that you just can't hardly seem to shake for, for whatever reason. But he says, come to me, all you that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But we need to come to him to, this morning. We need to come to him because he's got his hands outstretched. He's got his hands outstretched this morning. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And I just praise you and I thank you, Father, for, for your word. Glory to God. Father, I thank you that, that you confirm your word with signs following. The invitation this morning is to come and receive Him. If He's not the Lord of your life, if you have not been born again and received Him as your Lord, come. If you've got a stronghold in your life that you just can't seem to shake quit doing it in your own natural power try to get rid of it because it will never happen you have to go to him come Spoke your name.